PW Hustle Networks present PWR at the Movies. Join the professor, Tommy Wonder, and JB as they discuss the greatest pro wrestling moments in movie history. comes to intergalactic confrontation, no one can beat Chef Ramsay. Excellent work, Ramsay. So what's next? Why don't you try relaxing? But now, he's about to land in a place even he isn't prepared for. Suburbia. Get to know the locals. Blend in. How do you know which ones are the right ones? You have to squeeze it a bit. Wow. I found a good one. Here, they have strange ways of fighting. You got any idea what we're going to do to you? Let me guess. You're going to pound my face. What are you, nuts? It's the 90s. We're going to sue you. They have bizarre means of protection. Stand back. You want to take us? Back on. No, please, wait. Let's talk about this. No. There are dangers he's never seen. You and Mom could stay on longer than that. Enemies he's never known. I hate suburbia. So you'd better not fake him out. Must be a K7 force field. I'll break you out of there. Glad I could help. Or take him on. For Hulk Hogan, it's no game. It's war. <laughs> Do you belong to some kind of army? Or do you just go around doing good like some kind of superhero? Hulk Hogan, Christopher Lloyd. I was frozen today! Suburban Commando. My cat! <laughs> my cat! That's not my cat! Oh. Sky, plenty of sunshine. Take a stroll down by the bay. Where else could there ever be such a sensational hideaway? And now, and now, now's the time for a little vacation to clear the mind. And now, and now, like heaven on earth, simple but also nice. What is going on there, Reflectionites? What is going on there to the Magnificent 7, the Elite 8, the Naughty 9, the Terrific 10, the Essential 11? What's going on to the Big Vitoites out there? What's going on to PWCites? Jimmy T in Australia, Chris Hambones. What's going on? Shoutouts to the Hammerlock Hangover. Jeff, Jeff Lippman, Steve Pena, shout outs to my brothers, 8-Track Brown, and of course, Billy Ray Valentine. Shout outs to Nuts and Bolts, Travis, Pastor Travis Bolts. You know why I'm in a giving mood? Why I'm in a mood to like shout out a lot of people? Because we are all a community. We are all family. We are all brothers and sisters, mothers and daughters and sons and all that shit. But anyway, neither here nor there, I'm feeling good because you know why? It is the month of November. It is Thanksgiving month. You know, some people say it's Survivor Series month. Neither here nor there, but it's the 
month to be thankful and it is also in November the month of elections you know I don't care about that I'm an independent I have I have denounced the Democratic Party I have denounced the Republican Party I am joining the Vulcan Party I am going with Spock live long and prosper if you don't follow that moniker then fuck you do not vote for anybody else I don't care Vulcans 2024 for president. But anyway, neither here nor there. You sure you're not a liberal? No, I am not a liberal. That's a liberal mentality. I am an independent. (laughs) I'm an independent. Don't worry about that. But anyway, welcome or welcome back to the PWR podcast here at the PWS Networks at Podbean.com. And if you're lucky lucky enough to see this on the YouTubes, it's on the PWS Networks. Hopefully this will be up on the PWC Network and all that good stuff here. Welcome, we're, you know, we got all that candy from Halloween, me and T.W. cleaned up, I dressed up as Two-Face, I was Joe Biden on one side and I was Donald Trump on the other side, I got a lot of Kit Kats, I got Reese's Pieces, I got Hershey's Kisses, I'm, I'm overloaded with chocolate, and T.W., he was Macho Man Randy Savage, he was Rick Flair, he was all this stuff, he was also one of those gay porn actors too, he was trick-or-treating, he got, he cleaned up, he got baby oil, he got, you know, he got some enemas uh, drills or something. He got All from your house. Not from my house. I, I, think it was, <laughs> I think it was from Travis's house, but neither here nor there. Yeah, that's why he's a pastor now, you know. Woo-hoo. Praise the Lord. But anyway, neither here nor there. But anyway, we cleaned up and, and I figured, let's eat all this good candy while watching a great, well, I can't say it's a great movie, an infamous movie back in the 1990s. Actually, October of 1991. But it is PWR the movies here at the PWSL Networks at Podbean.com. And we will talk about that movie in just a bit. But first I got to introduce myself because maybe some Reflectionites, there's some new Reflectionites out there. There's some new Magnificent Seven members out there that don't know who this voice is. That don't know who this pretty face is. I am the studious one. I am the magnanimous one. But most importantly, I am the glorious one. The only objective man in the IWC, YWC, the only objective man in this podcast, Pundin Tree, your friend of mine, Mr. Vulcan himself, Professor Chabba Cruz. And I'm not here alone. I don't want to be at the movies alone. I don't want to be watching this movie on a 50-inch plasma with all the coke and all the green pea stuff. I got to have my man, Mr. Dum Dum, doing an idiot himself. I got to have the man by my side, Mr. Iron Stomach one. He's eating candies. He eats crap. He never throws up. I give you that. He ne- he's eating pretzel rods right now. See, I told you he cleaned up. He is your friend of mine, the conservative liberal, the liberal conservative, the man who has recorded. Let's go Brandon on his iTunes. I don't know if he has it, but he is your friend of mine. Mr. Wonderful Tommy Strong, a.k.a. The Tommy Wonder. Welcome back, my friend. It's, I missed you, man. I missed you at Halloween, but we, we're going to enjoy this movie. What's up with you? You know I missed you, too, when I got sick and still am sitting here doing this podcast with you. And didn't, not only did I not get mad at you for this movie, I bought it. <laughs> and I started telling you why. Because it was going to be $4 to rent it or $8.99 to buy it. And I was like, well... I'm going to fall asleep at least twice, so if I rent it, I might miss the window. So I bought it, but no good deed goes unpunished for once doesn't happen because I got a $2 credit from Amazon for doing a survey. So I actually only paid $6.99 for it, which, is only, which means I would have rented it for $2.99. But 
Either way, I'm going to watch it twice just to give credence to the actual fact that I purchased it. Uh, mm-hmm. For one, I did not hate it. For two, for certain, I had never seen it before. And for three, I used to think Hulk Hogan and Christopher Lloyd looked alike. Like, literally, like, they should somehow be related. And to watch them in this movie, I don't think they look alike at all. But it probably has something to do with the fact that Hogan is 1,700 feet taller than him. It's mm-hmm. it's so weird, the opening scene where he's walking down the street in his gear and wait, everyone's wait, looking wait, at him whoa, and just whoa, tiny. Whoa. No, I'm just, whoa, whoa, I'm just about how huge Hogan looks. But no, I know, but I didn't even, weeks? I even, wait a minute, I didn't even tell the reflection. That's what are we oh. doing here? What are we oh. introducing? What, we what movies we're going to be doing? I told you no, I'm no, well, of course. But anyway, see, I had to call him. I had to call him reflection. I had to call, I, well, I was going to text him and say, stop it. I got to do the introductions. I got to do the formats. You know, we got to, we got a way to do things here at the PWS Networks at Podbean.com. You know, the audiovisual department, you know, I got to fire them because I got, I gave him notes. I gave TW notes. I know he's got COVID, but he's getting over that. He's getting over that hump. But neither here nor there. We are doing PWR at the movies, and we are doing the infamous movie Suburban Commando starring Hulk Hogan and, of course, co-starring Christopher Lloyd. This came out. October 1991, TW, and I, you know, now go on your diatribe with Hulk Hogan and Christopher Lloyd because before we... Well, no, I was not, I was just talking about just how I wasn't feeling good, but in the two weeks since we've done a show, I did something I never do. I opened up some of my elite wrestling figures, WWE, because it had a builder figure. Do you recognize him? That is Paul Ellering, the AOP. Yes. Uh, Paul Ellering. So I had to open up China. Shawn Michaels, Edge, and Greenberg to get mm-hmm. the parts out. And then I was able to close the packages back up. So you really can't even tell that it's missing the little pieces. I left Rocco inside of China's package, so he's still there because I didn't want Rocco involved in my Hall of Fame. But I also, today... Wait, they got, they got a Rocco in the box? Rocco you comes with Paul Ellery because you can get him with a bald head or you can get him with hair. There's another oh, okay. head in the other package. But some of them, I, I don't even think I took anything out of Goldberg's package. I got everything I needed out of Sean, China, and Edge. But anyway, they got a new line coming out. <laughs> he said Goldberg's package. <laughs> AJ, Hogan, Sean, and Brett. But mm-hmm. it's my least favorite Bret Hart of all time. I call him handicapped Bret Hart, post-stroke Bret Hart. They've already okay. made a terrible figure of him where he's wearing the jean shorts and the Hart Foundation shirt. You know, oh, when Shawn Michaels super the- kicked him. Uh, the 2010, oh, no, 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 uh, no, no, the 2010. Where he wrestled uh, Vince McMahon. Yeah, yeah that, that was 2010. Gray hair, yeah. he doesn't wet it anymore. So there's mm-hmm. another version of that coming out. But if you open the packages up, the Sean is sweet. It's the Heaven or Hell match, Sean. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to probably buy it. The Hogan's okay, but there's two other Hogan's coming out, so I don't necessarily need it. Um, mm-hmm. The AJ is in the bo- Boneyard match gear where he's wearing jeans and he's got the leather vest and shirt on. So it's not terrible. But right. you get to make Vince McMahon if you buy those. So I'm going to probably buy all those, make the Vince McMahon, and then sell those figures on eBay without the Vince McMahon in it. Because otherwise I'd pay a hundred and some dollars just for Vince on eBay. However, that's mm-hmm. not why Oh, my kids call me on accident. So I have to tell you this. I know we're doing Go to the Movies. We're doing a Hulk Hogan movie. We're doing a 1990 Wonder movie. But we haven't talked wrestling in two weeks. And I, I just want to say I am a man out of wrestling promotion i have not even <laughs> seen halloween havoc yet this is how lost i am i tried for weeks 
watching AEW. I recorded Dynamite. I recorded Rampage. I, I even started recording SmackDown, Raw, and NXT. I probably got about 15 hours of all of them on my DVR that I'm not going to watch because mm-hmm. I'm so bored to death. But I saw this tweet sent to me by a friend of mine, and I thought you would get a kick out of it. And okay. sadly, this is a man I have no respect for, but I agree with him 1,000%. So, Richard Marks? No, 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 no. Oh. This is wrestling. Oh, okay. Adam Cole tweets out, I've had a great 13-year career. I'm 32 years old. The scary part is I'm not even in my prime yet. Not scary for me. Scary for you. Hashtag Adam Cole, baby. Mm-hmm. I can't even say he's my favorite wrestler anymore because I don't have one. But he was. Mm-hmm. And in response to that, and I'm going to read it, and I want you to guess who wrote this. Okay. Ready? Mm-hmm. Sad to say, Adam, you should have tweeted this before you left the big time and joined the Lollipop Guild. Every match you spend joking around and with and getting kissed by juvenile delinquents instead of kicking stars' asses further blemishes your considerable talent. That would be Mr. James E. Cornette because he 1, does not like the elite. And I absolutely agree with him because the like even before reading that, I say this to Travis and, and our buddy Matt Romans every time. I'm like, you know what the worst part of your favorite wrestler going to the other company is? You, every time you see him on TV, he's with your two least favorite people in that mm-hmm. company, not named Cody Rhodes. And every time I see him, even if he's in a singles match, every time they do that stupid camel clutch, double drop kick, kisses face. It, he, I said this before. He is the Roddy Strong of the elite, and I think he's even lower so than that now. If if the elite had a fifth member behind the scenes that we didn't know about, he's that because all he is is basically Buddy Jack Roberts now, teaming with Michael Hayes and Terry Gordy, or Michael Hayes and Jimmy Garvin. He is not the same guy, and and I try to be patient. I try to think, all right, well maybe he's gonna you know break out and do this, that, and the other thing. But I think all the he, momentum he, will. he had coming in there, he will. It's but it, it's got to be just yeah. another cog in the wheel now. No, no, he he will. He will break away. It's it's I, you I know, hope, man. It's one I of hope, those things it, that you got disappointing to me. No, I I get you. I understand. I think uh, if people seen Adam Cole in Ring of Honor, you know, with the world champion, and he he was actually a little bit better in Ring of Honor with the Bullet Club stuff and hanging out with the Young Bucks. They you know he was very strong there, but of course. You know him in the NXT years with the Undisputed Era being the full-fledged leader and having those promos and kick-ass matches. I get you. And then he comes back, and some people, like yourself, you know, I kind of half agree with it. He he looks like he took a step back. You know, he's having fun. He's with his girlfriend. So, you know, and he's getting paid. I hope he signed like a two-year deal. No, three. He does. Tony Khan does three-year deals. So he's there for the for the duration. It's depressing. That's depressing. Yeah. Well, now since you're depressed, let me undepress you, if that's a word. And we're gonna Under-depression. go back to the movies. And we're gonna go back to the movies and talk about the, the greatest Hulk Hogan. No, it ain't even the greatest Hulk Hogan movie ever. Because TW, <laughs> let me ask you let me ask you this question here. You know, Hulk Hogan gives us a lot of good material for going to the movies for the PWR podcast. Yes. So, you know. 
I'm not going to do every Hulk Hogan movie reflection. I see some movies, you know, I'm not going to force TW to pay six bucks to rent because I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to punish him like that. I'm, I feel guilty that I had him rent this for six bucks. I feel like I have to pay him six bucks. I got, I'll mail you the check. Don't worry about it, TW. I will pay you the six bucks because you rented this or you, you bought this. But anyway, let's start with this before we even talk about certain parts in the movies. You know, did you know that this movie not only came out in October of 1991, but this movie was not even written for Hulk Hogan. This was produced by New Line Cinema. Do you know who this mo- this movie was written for? To be the Suburban Commando? Yes. I would think Arnold Schwarzenegger, if anything, to be a spoof on Commando. Ding, ding. You got it. Absolutely. This movie was right. actually written for Arnold Schwarzenegger, and the part for Christopher Lloyd was going to be written for Danny DeVito. Because of the success of Twins that came out in... What was it, 88 or 89? I forget which yeah. year. Very good because it, it probably because, doesn't hold up now, but when I saw it in the first time, I liked it. Right. But because of that success of being that buddy comedy that Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito showed in Twins, they figured that they couldn't, you know, make Suburban Commando, you know, a, a movie blockbuster, so to speak. They didn't want to do it. And God, God bless them that they didn't, they had the agents to tell them this. But movie. somehow they still did Junior. Junior was okay, I think. But yeah. I don't know if it's any worse or better than, than Suburban, Suburban Commando. Okay, now we're talking, I didn't say it was good. I'm just saying it was better than, than Suburban, it probably is better than Suburban Commando. But, you know, that's your kind of debate for, you know, for another day. But anyway, Hulk Hogan is given the opportunity after, let's just say, a cult classic, No Holds Barred, I'm not saying it's a blockbuster, TW, because, of course, when it came out in 89, remember, in 89, No Holds Barred was going up against uh, Batman. It was going up against UHF. It was going up against a lot of blockbuster movies. And, of course, No Holds Barred was not even in the top 10 of blockbusters. But it was an okay movie enough. So this way, And, of course, Hulk Hogan got the itch to go to Hollywood. So, you know... Of course, you know, he's getting older. It's in the 90s. Hulkamania is waning down. So he's thinking about the future and the next step, T.W. So, of course, Hollywood is the next level for Hulk Hogan's, you know, popularity or or so to speak. But, T.W., let's just say this. 1991. We're not, again, we're not talking about what's happening in the movie because we'll get into that. But think about it this way logistically. Hulkamania is waning down. You and I are getting older. We're in our teen years. So he's not as popular in our eyes as he was in the mid-80s, you know, saying your prayers, eating your vitamins, believing in yourself. It doesn't register with us. We're not invested in that. So that's problem number one. Problem number two in 1991, what was going on for WWF? What was going on for Hulk Hogan in terms of scandals? Steroids. Was he that 93? No, no, that was the trial. Now, oh. in 91... He was going on. He was doing the uh, publicity tour. He was doing his PR. This is after he lost the belt to Yoko, right? Because he won it from Slaughter at uh, no, no. WrestleMania. No, that was ninety three. In ninety one, he beat Slaughter in WrestleMania seven and That's lost it to the. No, no. That's he, he lost right it. Now. Suburban Commando was right, right. when that. Because ninety one, I was in high school. The Persian right. Gulf War was on. That's when they had Slaughter turn and he join. Beat, he beat uh, Slaughter in WrestleMania seven and lost it to the Undertaker yeah. in Survivor Series ninety one. So that second was, greatest match of all time happened. At WrestleMania in 1991. Of course. Warrior Savage. 
Yes. Warriors? Of course. You, I know you too well. I've known you for many <laughs> years. But anyway, number two, like I said, 91, it was the scandal, the steroid scandals. He was on Arsenio Hall trying to play damage control for what he uh, admitted to, saying he took steroids when he was injured and all that stuff. So, and then number three, the problem with this movie, you know, one was the popularity waning, two was the steroid scandal, and three, let's go, let's be real here, this script needed to be rewritten, this, this script sucked, this is, this movie, if he did this in 86, like we always say, probably would have been passable for the kids, but we're older, so this script sucks even for us to even say Hulk Hogan, we, we're a fan of Hulk Hogan. We shouldn't even right. pay money to go to a movie theater to see this. What's AUTW about the problems of Hulk Hogan even doing this movie with all that stuff? I, I can't help but think, like, w- when he's making all these movies, because uh, this isn't the worst of them. The Suburban mm-hmm. Commando, like... It's passable. I, I was pleasantly surprised when it started that it looked like it was trying to be serious, but immediately mm-hmm. you knew it was a comedy, like right after that, right? But mm-hmm. people die in the opening scene. Uh, one guy ends up not being dead, but he turns into a... It's This is a made-for-TBS movie if there ever was one, right? Mm-hmm. However, it's not the worst of it. You also have... Is it Mr. Nanny? Is that the one where he's in yes. the 2-2 and all that? Um, mm-hmm. That movie, the, the, the fake Baywatch is, is cheese... He makes all these poor choices, and, and, and no holds barred, the biggest problem with it is is it's trying to be serious when if you would have went at it with the same outlook as Suburban Commando and made it funny, it might have mm-hmm. been better. But because it's trying to be serious, and I always feel like a wrestling movie where they try to portray wrestling as real, as much as I hate when they expose the business, when they try to, ex- to say it's real, mm-hmm. it's... Uh, like boxing real it, it you're already insulting people right like people that are going to go to the movies not kids whereas body slam where piper and tonga kid you know they make it real they make it feel like we are buddies outside the ring but why would you do that to me and that's why we're fighting in the ring so it looks mm-hmm. more like they're fighting for competition not for the feuds that that are really you know happening whatever so when i when you look back on it you realize why hulk hogan never blew up to be what the rock is the problem is the rock made the tooth fairy he mm-hmm. made the program or whatever that other one he did the football movie. movie i remember what you're talking about it, he, he made these movies that that easily could put him in the same hole that hogan got in but there's one big difference guess who made those movies the rock was in disney mm-hmm. so it's almost like if disney makes it it's a success no matter how corny or cheesy it is, because the Tooth Fairy is hard to watch. I own it, and it's hard to watch. I thought I would watch it with my kids, thinking I'd get them into the wrestling and all that at the same time. It's as bad as Goon, and I love hockey, right? It They're, they're two of the most unwatchable. Goon's not unwatchable, but it's it's cheesy, right? It's no Slapshot, Youngblood, or Mystery Alaska, or... Okay. But, but Hogan, he's in these new-line cinema... And I want to say, like, as you were talking earlier, you keep saying New Line Cinema. I don't even know if you said it. I'm just thinking. Yeah, you did say New Line Cinema. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, oh, this is a low-budget company. But then, no, that's Freddie. Freddie was New Line Cinema. Of course. New Line was not a low-budget thing. 
But I think because every single time you see a Hogan movie, you see New Line Cinema. House Party is New Line Cinema. House Party 1, 2, and 3. It, it, I think Hogan set them back years with these movies. <laughs> Not necessarily Hogan's fault, mm-hmm. but these it's movies the made with Hogan it's are the script that that's bad. bad. Mm-hmm. You're just like, you know, it's kind of like, um, what movie is it? Nicolas Cage made a movie, I believe, called Bullet. Is that is that one? Remember when they were going through know. the 3D phase where every movie is like, oh, it's got 3D, right? And you got to mm-hmm. pay extra for the glasses. Thankfully, that's over. Um, two movies I saw with 3D glasses, Avatar and Thor. Avatar mm-hmm. made sense. Thor, the only thing in 3D was the credits before and after the movie where the color came at you. Other than that, okay. there's maybe one time where the, the hammer comes your way or whatever, but it's it's dumb. Oh, and then uh, the Jim Carrey Christmas movie, that's a cartoon, the Disney Christmas Carol, that's cool because mm-hmm. you feel like it's snowing around you. However, mm-hmm. Bullet was the movie that they used to expose Hollywood yet again. The movie was shelved. They, it was so bad, they weren't going to even release it. Mm-hmm. And then that 3D craze came out, and someone was like, well, hey, it's called Bullet. What if we make all the bullet shots 3D? They didn't record it in 3D, so they had to go back and do it, you know, so that the things... And so it catches on the 3D. It. Right. So then they release it as that, and everyone leaves are going, this is horseshit. Like, this, that was a terrible movie. And, oh, but a couple times a bullet looked like it was coming through the screen. So what we have here in New Line is, they probably knew that movie was terrible. They probably knew it was, you know... Something, no kidding, Arnold turned it down, DeVito. And then you get Christopher Lloyd and Hogan, they're like, but these are two names. And then Christopher Lloyd's boss is in House Party. He's, uh, I think he's in House Party. But he's in mm-hmm. a ton of stuff where he's just a con- Larry, Larry something. What's it? He's always on. Uh, Larry Miller. Show too. Larry Miller. He's hilarious, mm-hmm. but he's on stuff like Mama's Family. He's on TBS shows or, or mm-hmm. whatever, UPN, whatever. But it, You're the nutty like professor. They're, they're just, right. And they're just unapologetically taking advantage of people who are only going to come to the movies to see a movie because Hulk Hogan's in it. And what happens? His movies just get progressively worse. And like, even, even, you know, uh, wait, TW uh, think, think about it this way with, especially with suburban commando, it cost $11 million to make and it made 8 million bucks total. Well, it just made nine more. <laughs> <laughs> You had contributed to the eight million dollars, and it's so terribly done. Like it's not. There's not the opening scene doesn't even look like it would cost eleven million dollars. I think you and I could make it at the library. All right, think about it like this: since we're going to talk about a little bit of the movie, the graphics of the movie made Spaceballs look like Star Wars prequels. That's how bad Spaceballs it was. Is good, by the way. No, no, I'm not. I'm not dissing Spaceballs. I'm just saying the graphics of Spaceballs is ten times better than Suburban Commando, and and Spaceball came out in '86 or '87. That's how bad th- th- these graphics were. These looked like it was lumped in claymation. Like I was expecting the California Raisins to be in the ship. That's how bad it was. <laughs> the video game Afterburner. Yes, and you remember you was talking about like, well, we we went from eight bit to sixteen bit. This movie went from eight bit to four bits because it went right. backwards. I mean, look at the look at it from the standpoint in the I beginning. Wonder if eight million of the eleven million was Hogan's salary. You know that is a good question. <laughs> no, no, it didn't go to Hogan. It went to Linda because she had right. the shopping to do. So it, you know that that's where the money went. 
Linda took about 70% of that money. But let's talk about at least the, the bad graphics and the bad spaceship. That's that's the thing. Like, again, I have to go back to Spaceballs because Reflection Night, Spaceballs, that ship looked good. You knew it was a fake background. You knew it was like CGI, you know, even though it wasn't called CGI. It was green screens. But in comparison to Suburban Commando, the, the little the ships that they had in the beginning credits were piss poor. This, this was like, like TW said, this was something like you would watch on Cinemax at 12 midnight or USA Network or TBS at midnight. These are bad made-for-TV movie CGI or green screen uh, backgrounds here, TW. So let's say about the beginning. Hope to get on TV. This ain't yes. Even, they didn't even, TV didn't even sign this up. They made it hoping TV would air it. I know, but but T.W., uh, the, the beginning is that Hulk Hogan is an intergalactic freedom fighter. His name is, get ready for this, T.W., well, well you already know because you paid for it, Shep <laughs> Ramsey. The, you know, what, what a name. That, you know, do you think Hulk Hogan said, you know, he was in that, he was in the, in the boardrooms, right, in, in the New Line Cinema boardrooms. You know, he always said this to Vince McMahon. He always said this to Eric Bischoff. That doesn't work for me, brother. How the hell does Shep Ramsey work for him, brother, there, T.W.? Could you it's pick a better name? It's terrible. Good. Like, like alliteration is key. Why wouldn't it be Shep O'Sullivan or Roddy Ramsey or just mm – -hmm. And Shep sounds like they want to call him Ship, but call him Shep instead. It's just – it's it's poor. Like, and no one questioned any of it. You're like, come on. Like – it's it's bad enough in the outfit that he's walking on the street like he's got like the g-string on the outside and you're just mm -hmm. like and everyone's oh, like and, and then oh. and then then they got a, a fake slick there which would have been awesome if they would have got the real slick there he goes oh you don't shop off the rack much do you i'm just like <laughs> wow it's just downhill from there with the cheesy one-liners and when he comes in and plays that video game they go you beat the game he's like what game like he what really game? thought He's in this building looking on a screen into space or something. It's just terrible. There's only one thing, and we'll we'll save it for later because it's towards the end. There's only one thing about this movie that should pop you. And it mm -hmm. popped me because I didn't see it coming. I, I remember thinking to myself, okay, they probably purposely aren't letting these guys talk the entire movie to protect the gimmick, right? And then... Oh, no, I... Yeah, you then, don't wait. Say that, say that, yeah, because we got yeah, I gotta introduce yeah. him and all that stuff. But let, let's get back into the beginning with the bad thing that Shep Ramsey, the intergalactic freedom fighter, he's protecting the universe. He has got to go onto the ship that is owned and operated by General Souter. That is the main antagonist in this movie, who wants to rule the universe, rule the world, or whatever the case may be. And Shep Ramsey, you know, beats up everybody. Now, you know, he, he blasts his way into the ship. He blasts all the, the, the minions and all that stuff, T.W. So like you said, there is deaths in this movie. For a comedy, there's a lot of deaths. This is not like a, this is not like Action Jackson. This is He's not there like, to save the guy. Yeah. And the thing, and doesn't. He doesn't, <laughs> yeah. He slips up. This is what happens, and this is the moniker for this movie. He, be, he you know, he blows up the ship. He blow, he, you know, he he kills all the minions, and also he couldn't save the prime minister. I forgot the name of the prime minister, but neither here nor there. It's not an important thing, Reflectionites. So, you know, the people that Chef Ramsey reports to actually are telling him, you know what? 
this this job has been stressful to you. You've been doing job after job after job. He's been saving the world, TW, and they order him to take a vacation, which he refuses at first until he blows, he fucks up his own spaceship. Is that original, TW? I'm punching it. <laughs> yeah, you know, in Star Wars or Spaceballs, well, let's go with Spaceballs. They save the princess, but they run out of gas. So they have to land on a planet. That makes actual sense. Right. But Shep Ramsey messes up his own ship and he has to take a vacation. You couldn't. You couldn't. And the steering wheel looks like a Simon Says game. The little four, the three, oh, yes, the four it does. colors. And the whole time, Not, I'm like, man, this. if you told me before I watched it, it was $11 million. Yeah, my checklist is at like. $379 plus Hogan's salary. That's what they spent on this movie. Yeah, I mean, the, the ship inside looks horrible. It, it looks like a, you go into the photo booth, and then you add all the little things. You add the, the Simon Says steering wheels. You add the little buttons for flashing and all that stuff. It was right. a bad, like I said, it, $11 million, but they didn't make the ship look futuristic. Nothing looked futuristic in this or movie. Or metal. It looked it, like styrofoam, like he was in a human-sized igloo. Or, that too. You know, uh, the little white cooler that you get at the dollar store to put your beer and stuff in. <laughs> yeah. So they so sprayed it, it gray. But, you know, a, a lot of holes in this movie, so we're going to have to, you know. He messes up his own ship to take a vacation. Fact, was that? Scooter, in the beginning of the movie, when they're not up close on him, mm -hmm. and I'm laying in my bed sick, dying of either AIDS or COVID, and I'm watching it. I thought the suitor was the bad guy from No Holds Barred. And I'm like, does this guy oh, not that? I'm like, he takes the nasty boys with him everywhere. He's going to take this guy in every movie. And then they show him close. I'm like, oh, it's not him. I'm like, well, that makes no. it worse because he sounds and looks like him. And it's not him. It's like they couldn't even get that guy to be in this movie. Like, who is this dude? I forgot who, who it was. I think He uh, ain't never been in another movie. He's probably one of the guys that helped pay to make the movie and lost his ass. Mm-hmm. But it was it wasn't the no holes bar villain. I forgot his name. But neither here nor there reflectionized. But you know now we get into the the crust of this movie, where Hulk Hogan is forced or Shep Ramsey is forced to take a vacation. And you know since his ship is fucked up, he's got to go to the nearest planet. And of course, lo and behold, T.W. What is the nearest planet him to him? But of course, planet our Earth. shitty planet, our shitty planet. And there's a, there is one hole because he says, I hate earthlings. So he's already prejudging people. He's already got stereotypes. But you actually said this before we even, you know, started. You said certain things that Hulk Hogan did. So we can at least talk about it because, of course, you know, reflectionized. We go front to back. We go side to side with all the, with you all the stuff that happens. Front to back? Yeah. That's no. I, I, do the, I do circulars. I do this way, and then I go that way. and then I, and With a thumb inside? What? Sit and spin. Get a little pop. Get... That's disgusting. <laughs> yes. It's gross. It tastes like uh, Hershey's Kisses, but neither Good here nor there. Lord. He's doubling down, boys and girls. That's disgusting. Neither, neither here nor there. But logistically, T.W. had a problem when he said, I hate Earthlings. He already has a preconceived notion about Earthlings. But then once he gets on planet Earth, everything's, he's new. Like, everything's new to him. Isn't that a problem? Because if, if you hate Earthlings... You should already know what they're about and the customs and everything that he doesn't like or doesn't understand to begin with. Like when he wants to fight those dudes and they said, no, nah, man, it's the 90s. We're going to sue you. And he's like, oh, what kind of place is this? That's the kind of place you would say I hate earthlings. Not, yes. Not, Let's fight like men, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just, yeah. And, and 
for me, the first couple times he said Earthlings, I could, I wasn't sure he said Earthlings. I, I was like, he's calling them Earthens? What's he call them? And then finally he says Earthlings, or that's why I hate Earthlings, or whatever. I want to mm-hmm. know something. He mm-hmm. lands, he crashes. A, how does he know it's an abandoned building to crash? Or B, how lucky that he crashed over an abandoned building, because that's what that looks like. It just falls from the sky, and then he mm-hmm. looks around like, am I okay? And then he walks. He can read English. He walks to the apartment that Chris Lloyd doesn't even know exists yet because mm-hmm. it's a tool shed and a mm-hmm. tool shed can be turned into an apartment. That's kind of also weird. And where's he get the money to pay for it? I have no idea. Again, a lot and of holes eats dinner with them and holds their kids up in the air. Like Are these yours. It's just, it's, it's like Bad a writing. fast forward and suspension of reality or disbelief. A- absolutely. So, Reflection Nights, of course, he, he lands on Earth again. He's in his full for he's in his full uh intergalactic freedom fighter uh uniform. So of course it's Earth. Everybody has seen everything. Nothing surprises them. So they thought he was a reject from the village people or something. So that's why people were like laughing at him for what he was for his outfit. But they took things from certain other movies. So the part where, you know, he saves the dog. From heat exhaustion, they did the Terminator. He looked at a dude at the at the uh, the restaurant eating, but of course they did the Terminator scene where I need your clothes, and, and that was the switch off. So you get that one part. Now we could go back to General Souter because we'll talk about this later. It was played by William Ball. That was the man who played General Souter, but he turns into an alien. So they actually took you know remnants of aliens or Predator because. It, the way he looked at the end kind of reminds you of the Predator and Ugly Green. Or V. Oh, that too. Well, I don't know if it was like V. It was like a big seven-foot alien. So he was so monstrous right. and all that stuff. So you can see that they take they take little increments from other movies. That doesn't that that makes it not original for this particular movie. But of course, Hulk Hogan needs somebody to bounce off of. And now TW. Let's get into this little debate or a little question here. What did you think of the comedy tag team duo of himself and Christopher Lloyd, who plays Charlie Wilcox, um, a down-on-his-luck man who has a dead-end job at an architecture firm. He is being uh, taken advantage of by his boss, played by Larry Miller. He, you know, he has problems with, with a stop sign. He has problems with neighbors next door who are like NASCAR owners or whatever because the whole hillbillies. street, hillbillies, white it's trash. Not a, it's white trash, but it's California, man. So the white trash had enough money to, to live in a house in the, in the suburbs. But anyway, <laughs> so he has problems with hillbillies who are NASCAR crazy because the whole street is, is full of NASCAR uh, racing cars. He has a problem with some, re- some teenage revers who almost kill his son. He has problems, you know, he literally has problems. He He's the word for mental de- deficiency. You know, Isn't he the disease. guy and it's a wonderful life? His life just sucks. <laughs> that's that's him. And then his wife seduces him and he shoots her down and she pulls her wig off. That was weird. It, it's Well, the wife is pushed Who's, by the way, olive oil and Popeye with Rob Williams. And, of course, she played the the wife of Jack Nicholson in The Shining, Shelley Duvall, T.W. Oh, yeah, so, that is her. Holy smokes. So they got Christopher Lloyd to play the part of Danny DeVito. So, you know, if this movie had Danny DeVito in it, 
I wouldn't believe Danny DeVito being taken advantage of because of his characters like in Taxi, his character like in Twins, being like the hustler, being the con artist. Christopher Lloyd, I actually think they cast it right as being the, you know, the doofus or the one being right. bullied on, the victim. The straight man. The straight man. What say you, TVW, about casting Christopher Lloyd as the straight man victim here? He he is the straight man, and and that's I was going to say because I thought you were leading up to ask me what I thought of him as a team. The problem is you have, you have the Abbott and Costello formula, Laurel and Hardy, right? Well, Laurel and Hardy's a little different because Laurel's silly mm-hmm. and already serious, whereas Abbott and Costello is one serious and one funny. So you have the Costello and Lloyd, who's serious, but mm-hmm. he's not upset with Hogan for being funny, but probably because Hogan isn't funny. So it's just like yeah. it's a straight man and another dude because he they they didn't work well together. They they like there's a little heartfelt moment at the end, but that's you know whatever. Um, it, it gets better as it goes along as far as their relationship goes, but the whole like more holes. A nobody locks their doors apparently in 1991, and B. If Hulk Hogan was as big as he was, and he was as scared as he was when he opened that door, the last thing he's doing is going snooping in Hulk Hogan's mm-hmm. house and finding that photon gun and blowing up the dude's dragster or whatever. And they didn't trace it back to the big hole in his garage to see where the shot came from. Just lots of just questions. I, there's, I don't there's think questionable lot, stuff. I don't think a lot of the $11 million went to the writers either. So. <laughs> Again, it went to Linda Hogan. That, that's what it did. But anyway, a lot of faux pas in this movie here. So, you know, let's talk about, again, little certain parts here, little tidbits that you kind of actually talked about a little bit. Hulk Hogan is adjusting to being on Earth for six weeks while he is recharging his ship. Because it has to be charged at 0.1% so it doesn't get traced by General Suter's uh, cronies out in outer space. So he has to adapt. He has to conform. You know, this is now like Coneheads. He has to be the alien from France. Did you get that part? He is the alien (laughs) from France. Again, you know, a Coneheads reference. Now he's adjusting to suburban life. So, you know... He is uh, interacting with Christopher Lloyd's kids. He is interact. He's interacting with the kids from the neighborhood. You know, the first time, you know, he sees the kids riding on skateboards. T.W. And of course, it had to be the funny moment. But Hogan wasn't trying to be funny. He wanted to ride the skateboard, and he fell on his ass. So it was one of those little, uh, you know, examples of how unfunny that scene was. Because, like you said, he was playing even a straighter straight man, because, you know, nothing was, he had no comedic timing, his facials was not funny, and all that stuff. Agree, disagree, have a different take. Uh, I think that's their attempt at him being funny, is that he's taking the bumps, and he's, you know, he's taking all the... the but, uh, wait, wait, hold your thought, hold, hold your thought, hold your thought. Let me ask you this way, because you said no holes barred was serious, but at least he, there were funny moments where he said, what's that smell in and there was writing to say Dookie. You know, there was all that stuff. Here, he almost had to try to to make certain lines funny. And that's not Hogan's forte. That's right. that's the way I looked at it. He, you know, that's where he needed acting lessons. He needed to go to acting school and all that stuff. That, that's one of the little holes in this movie for me. So while he is charging up this the spaceship reflectionites, because, again, 
if it goes above 0.1%, the General Suter's cronies are out there. And speaking right. of General Suter's cronies, there <laughs> is a cameo appearance by one of the bounty hunters. I don't remember the other guy's name. His name was Knuckles. But I'm not talking about him. I'm talking about a certain future WWE Hall of Famer. He will be a WWE Hall of Famer in WrestleMania 2022 of Reflection Nights. And his name is The Undertaker. But his real name <laughs> is Mark Calloway. So, T.W., you know, this is a, actually a coup for him because, again, not a lot of people know him ex, ex, except for being The Undertaker if he's just watching WWF TV. So, right now, you don't see him with the makeup. You don't see him in his... Uh, in his Undertaker uniform. So this is actually a nice separate, you know, entity for him to be in this movie. And again, he didn't have no speaking uh, lines except for at the end. And if you want to talk about it, go ahead, TW. But the Undertaker got his feet wet in Hollywood. And I guess after this movie, he said, that don't work for me, brother. And we've never really seen Undertaker do Hollywood stuff except for the Netflix he did with the New Day and calling in the uh, what's it called? Escape from the Undertaker. But that's that's post uh, protecting the gimmick, and I think that's why he did it because they didn't have him talk, but then they had him talk at the end. And I wouldn't be surprised if in the movie he talked normal and they did post production and didn't tell him that they were going to give him that little kid voice. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm going to get you, Hulk Hogan. And then Hogan looks at the camera and goes, so that's why you guys don't talk. But the funny thing is, the other guy, I'm watching it going, I wonder how many people think that dude's one of the nasty boys. Well, do you know who that other guy is? Uh, his movie uh, character's name is Knuckles. I forget his name. You know who the guy is that played Knuckles? I don't know who he is. He's from First and Ten. Remember First and Ten with O.J.? Oh, he was one of the – was he the linebacker he or offensive? Football, yeah. He was he the offensive linebacker? Yeah. He was in every season of it. Tony is his name, mm-hmm. and he was Tony on the show. When I was a kid, I thought that was real. Like, like you know, eventually NFL had, like, uh, uh, boot camp or whatever that football show is, not Hard Knocks, mm-hmm. where they follow the football teams in there. As yeah, first kid, and ten looked real. First and ten, right. I thought first and ten was really a football team, just it wasn't NFL – and the dude's name was Tony, and in real life, his name was Tony. I don't remember what OJ's name was on the show, but I think OJ was like he was a coach or a like no. He was executive. he was a he was a running back first, then got injured, and then turned into either a coach or executive. Okay, so the in the team. beginning, he was a player, but in, yeah. when I started watching, he was already not a player. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got uh, Ogre from Revenge of the Nerds in that show, um, mm-hmm. and then just all the different people, but. But when I saw him, I'm like, that's awesome. And the whole movie, I'm waiting for Undertaker to talk. But the thing is, that's 91. That's when he came there. That's he like a year early. 1990 Survivor Series is where Undertaker come there. So you know this is filmed right after that to come out in October um, mm-hmm. of 91. Uh, so so I think he Vince and I don't know if they knew the Undertaker gimmick was going to last 30 years. But right. 30, 31, well, no, because he retired last year. But he, uh, it's it's amazing that. You think that the studio, he, he, they had to change? Maybe if they had speaking lines for the these two guys yes, as bounty hunters? Yes. And then Vince probably was like, oh, but it'd be great if he just does this one line. And he's got a little kid's voice, you know, like mm-hmm. that to me felt like they were protecting his gimmick. Or hoping okay. that's a, that's no a one realized assessment. it was The Undertaker. Because then he mm-hmm. never did anything else. And I'm pretty sure I read interviews where they asked him why he never did Hollywood. 
and his reason was in some way he said protecting the gimmick. He he didn't want I I think attitude era he could have done it because by then he's just the biker anyway. But that mm-hmm. run from ninety so whenever he stopped being gothic like that, I think yeah, it would have hurt the gimmick if he would have been in a movie cracking jokes and you know, I'm here to chew bubblegum and, and kick ass and I'm all out of bubblegum. If he would have done stuff like that, it would have made him not Piper can do it. Hogan can do it. Rock Austin, they can do it. Taker as Taker, with where Undertaker comes out and Paul Bear does all the talking, mm-hmm. it would kill the gimmick. You would either, A, have to do your best to make people not realize it's him, which then what's the point of having him in there? You're putting him in there so people will come see him in a movie. And so I think it was done to protect his, his mystique and all that, and that's why I think they didn't talk. And the whole time I'm waiting for him to talk, and then I'm like, well, Tony's going to talk. Even he, he, Tony never talked. No, he didn't. They had, but. And he dies. The Undertaker kills him with the elevator. Yeah. To be fair here, I think these two guys, Knuckles and Undertaker's character, I don't remember the name that they gave him here, but I remember Tony's name was Knuckles. H? Yeah, like like Hearst or Hunter or something like that. It wasn't Hunter because I would have remembered Hunter, but. um, If they name Hogan Shep, I'll call him Hemp. They call Undertaker <laughs> Hemp. But anyway, Hemp and Knuckles actually were the best. You want to talk about a you know a comedy tag team duo like we're asking about Hogan and Christopher Lloyd? Undertaker and Tony, or a.k.a. Knuckles, had a better chemistry Hutch. and better. His name was Hutch. Oh, Hutch and Knuckles. Yeah. So Hutch and Knuckles had better comedy uh, tag team chemistry than Hogan and Lloyd, in my humble opinion, because all they had to do is look at each other, and it was I'm not saying it was hysterical, but I'm thinking before the movie purposes. What where they, was it they, at where they looked at each other, lady with the frozen dog, and they were like, "What the hell?" No, because they froze everybody. It was they were at the no, bank, no, the bank robber, and then they shot. Why were they going to do a drive-through? And then shot that they that was an ode to Jim Cornette, I think. I just read mm-hmm. bad news, man. June twenty first, twenty fifteen. Knuckles died in real life. I didn't even know he was dead. Uh, he was only fifty three years old. Rest in peace, Knuckles. He, he did some Longo. good movies. Tony Longo. He he did. He was in uh the Eraser. What was it? The Eraser with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. He was one of those mob uh, goons. Oh so yeah. I rem- I remember I remember him from there. So it, it's funny that him and un- you know Knuckles and Hutch had better chemistry and in this movie without saying anything. And of course, like you said, Undertaker had the voice of a five year old. So I guess that was the biggest payoff of this movie where you can hear him speak like a kid. But uh, going back into this, into why Knuckles and Hutch come down to earth, we have to at least go back TW and talk about Christopher Lloyd because he is impetuous. He is curious about Shep because he's from France. And, you know, the funny thing is, like you said, Shep is uh, renting an apartment. But he did. I didn't see no money. I didn't see no diamonds. I I saw no currency that he paid, you know, Christopher Lloyd's family for that one bedroom apartment that was converted right. from a, from and a tool shed. Tw and ate their food. So tw, you know, there's another logistical hole there. I I you know, in certain movies, you remember Coneheads when Michael Richards said, "How are you gonna pay for the room?" They they at least you know raided a soda machine and said, "We're playing with these cinder discs." Hogan didn't do right. any of that. He didn't go. He didn't. He didn't take the money from the Coke machine, and say I'm paying my apartment with this. He didn't do any of that. So 
But anyway, Christopher Lloyd was curious about where Shep Ramsey was from and what he was all about. So he got curious, and like you said, the photon gun was under the bed. And he turned it on, and that started, that triggered the trace reflectionites for the bounty hunters, Hutch and Knuckles, to at least know that Hulk Hogan was located on planet Earth, but they didn't have a pinpoint location. Then... We have to fast forward a little bit, T.W., where Christopher Lloyd follows Hulk Hogan to that abandoned dance uh, dance club. I don't know how it be- was an abandoned disco club. Heard- <laughs> roller that was roller skating. Right? Oh, okay. It was, a, it was a roller skating rink slash disco club with horrible music. But anyway, Christopher <laughs> Lloyd finds the ship that Hogan was, on, was in, and then he steals the suits. You know, Hulk, you know, the ship should have at least locked. It, it should have been sensory, you know, it should have had a sensory alarm. It should only uh, recognize Hulk Hogan's body weight and mass. You know, this is the future, T.W. This is what right. it's supposed to be. But Christopher Lloyd could put on the uniform, you know, he could adapt to the, the gloves and all that stuff. And, of course, with him using Hulk Hogan's body armor, it triggers the trace full on to know where Hulk Hogan is located, T.W., I call it a logistical faux pas. What say you, T.W., about that? It, you know, like, first of all, Hogan found out way too soon that, did you follow me to my room? Like, how? why would he be your first guest, right? Well, other than he found the camera lens broke there. But mm-hmm. first of all, why would he know that's a broken camera lens? It's just a little piece of plastic or whatever. It's legs out there. It was actually the freezer gun. It was the photon gun on the bed first gave him the go to earth. Mm-hmm. And then the freezer gun is what got him locked in because those guys went and used it. That's why they came to the bank. Um, mm-hmm. So that stuff made sense. But Hogan, knowing what was going on and it was all your fault and guilting them into helping out. That was actually the one funny part where Christopher Lloyd goes, you know, I house you. Maybe stop the occasional bank robbery. But being a target for suburban bounty hunter or uh, galactic intergalactic. That's not my pay grade or whatever he said. That was the one where Lloyd opens up and is like, no, I'm not doing it. And he's mm-hmm. just like, man, this is after he's Doc. And he looks right. younger. You know, mm-hmm. just like, he actually looks haggard. He looks beat up or whatever. But Again, uh, again Reflection Nights, this movie took from a lot. It, it took, there was a scene that it took from the, that the, term, the Terminator was stolen from. We already talked about that. There was a scene... There was a scene where they stole from the Coneheads or, you know, the, the thought process of the Coneheads where Hogan's from France. But also, T.W., there was a movie back in the 80s with John Ritter and, and uh, James Belushi called Real Men. Yeah. And the buddy system of this comedy, especially with Christopher Lloyd's character, actually, they took from that because Christopher Lloyd is passive aggressive. Christopher Lloyd is the is the victim, you know, again, t- being taken advantage of and and real men uh, reflection I said, Google that. John Ritter played that kind of wimp. He played that victim and it took being in, you know, being with the with Jim James Belushi, being in the FBI and uh, of course, you know, there was a lot of killings and and gunshot gunfire and all that stuff, but it built up John Ritter's character to be tough, be brave. And in this movie, they stole from real men, T.W., where Christopher yep. Lloyd being associated with Shep Ramsey, you know, thwarting bank robbers, you know, thwarting the two men that was about to gang gang rape a woman and all that stuff. And, of course, you know, being involved with uh, 
with Hutch and Knuckles and, and General Souter at the end, it builds it builds up Christopher Lloyd's confidence and to not be afraid of anything. So what say you? They also stole from the Wizard of Oz. How they steal from the Wizard of Oz? When Hutch clicks his heels together, the jet rockets come on and he goes flying. <laughs> you know what? That's actually true. Yes, a lot of <laughs> a lot of things are being stolen in this movie. This is not an original movie for 1991. Their purposes reflectionized. So there's my logistical problems here, T.W. So the evolution of Christopher Lloyd's character, he's the victim in the beginning, and then he builds up the confidence, he builds up the courage and all that stuff, T.W. You know, I guess that teaches people a lesson, I, I guess. You know, it teaches people, you know, to believe never in yourself. Never too late to change. Never, never too late to change. And, of course, T.W. Oh, and, and the funny thing about the, this uh, movie, again, out of all the things where, where Hulk Hogan, you know, has got to recharge and get out, get off of Earth now to to get away from the bounty hunters and General Suter and all that stuff. There's actually something on Earth that is very valuable to Hulk Hogan that he didn't even know existed. Sibian crystals that are located in the office building of Larry Miller's uh, character, T.W. Out of everything, you know, every planet that Hulk Hogan's been on, you know, going around the world, going around the universe to stop aliens to stop you know planet invasions and all that he has to come to earth because they got the right crystals for his ship does that sound convenient or what very like like the the thought to us supposed to be it's almost like they're planning easter eggs for future movies like they think this is going to be a success because there's a lot of things they don't tie up at the end right Mm -hmm. for one crystals um him to need it for his ship means they came from somewhere else so now there's something nefarious about these trophies so we don't know why he's mm-hmm. got these trophies that are made out of this stuff that run spaceships from other galaxies so that's left open um in the beginning christopher lloyd's going in the very first scene he's going in to ask for a raise because he's worked all weekend long or whatever and his wife's like you're gonna do it and we're gonna do this that's why she made the apartment for rent and in the end, he does it. He does it in front of the Japanese people. So then he just walks out of there, and you're like, well, wait a minute. These guys should be like, we want you and hire him. So it's a happy ending. There's no end. And at the very least, Hogan leaves. Yes, he gives him his goodbye. But it should have ended with Hogan wanting to stay there. Like, I'm done being a bounty hunter. I'm going to stay here because he mm-hmm. stayed the universe. Now he's just going to stay here and be the family guy. But then they do, they make that uh by the way, another loose end. The secretary gun out on them to break up their fight, then pulls mm-hmm. the gun out when they're trying to take the the quartz. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's almost like they're implying she's a bad guy. Like, no, you're not taking those quartz. And she's not a bad guy. Out. She's a she's a badass. And, but then and then she's a hoe on a ship, just ready to leave Earth and go fly off into space. For educational purposes, of course. And it's just so many things that, like, there's, like, so is the sequel going to be the two of them come back and they got a family? Because he goes, yeah, I'm going to be a family man. They come back and have family, and then we find out that Christopher Lloyd is running the company that he used to be run around by. And that he uh, quit. Larry Miller's fire. He quit. Japanese he, he... Guy. And there's quite a few, sorry about this sooner, there's quite a few, can they do that in 2021, their moments? And no, no, they can't. Where Larry Miller mm-hmm. is making all the Japanese references to, to those guys. And, and you're just like, 
what the fuck you people are known for? Stuff like that. And you're just like, yeah, they ain't doing that. And so they, they ain't remaking Suburban Commando without some rewrites. No, actually, I, I actually have to disagree. I think you can say that in 2021. You know why he's protected? Because he has a translator. The other people don't know what he's saying. So the translator is is saving Larry Miller from insulting those Japanese businessmen. It can be said. Oh, another another botch. Okay. The girl for the Japanese leader, and then she repeats to Larry Miller something he didn't say, and mm-hmm. then the Japanese guy looks at her and goes, coward. How would he know what she said? He doesn't speak English. <laughs> well, it, he's Japanese. He's very smart. He knows every language. He just doesn't want to. He wants to keep you on your toes. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, because, again, Jap- no Japan, spot, no Japan and China is, is better you than today? you. Huh? Did you vote today for the governor? Yeah. Vulcan. Vulcan. All right. Hey, man. As long as you didn't vote for the other guy. I, vote, I voted for Spock. <laughs> I don't know. Live long, and, live long and prosper. That's all That's all I'm about right now. That's all it the is. The real Spock. Yes, the real Spock. He, he's of dead, course. right? He's dead. Mm-hmm. He died like 20 years ago, I think. Oh, jeez. I didn't know that. <laughs> no, that was a movie, man. The Search for Spock. He wasn't really dead. I, no, that, that's from the Meanwhile, Captain Kirk's 100. And he's a real living astronaut. The youth is getting ass because he got it. Probably still mm-hmm. getting it right now. It's a Priceline's man. He, he got he got a lot, he got younger when he went up to space. So you know he could actually tell us what's <laughs> what's going on up there. He he's really Captain Kirk. But anyway, let's get back into this. But we we could finish it off. We we could put a bow on it. So TW, while they go after the crystals, I guess you know, think about this movie. We. We call it a comedy, right? We can agree on that. It's a comedy attempt, right? But with Hulk, with Hulk Hogan being six foot eight, being two hundred ninety-five pounds, you know, just like in No Holds Barred, his first movie, he did a lot of action scenes, you know, punching and throwing people around. He did that in the beginning, and of course, he's fighting the two goons off. There was very limited action sequences. He took a my tasting from Taker. He took a clothesline from him, took a bump. Mm-hmm. My my thing is, in the beginning and in the end, everyone's got weapons. No one shoots. Well, they shoot, but they shoot in the air. And then the shooters like purposely shooting around on the scare him, mm-hmm. and then but then shoots him in the shoulder and he's dead. And you're just like, come on, man. <laughs> and I, and how about when Christopher Lloyd takes a shot? And then tips over like a transformer, also stolen from a movie, where he's like, "Oh, okay, I'm gonna tell you again." C three PO. That's actually more of a C three PO rip. And then he does like a kip up because the suit takes over and makes him Iron Man. And I'm like, mm-hmm. "What? Is, it's just an outfit. It's not a damn armor Iron Man suit. It's mm-hmm. just like gadgets." It's like, uh, whatever. They were trying, but funny. they tried their hardest to be funny. Absolutely. It, it, it's, it wasn't funny, Reflection. I, and again, you know, this movie was so bad that even I didn't want to watch it on HBO when it when it came on six months after <laughs> 1991. But I watched it when I was sick, so I, I can tell you that. Not six, I was sick, you know, you know, stomach right. flu or, or the cold. Because right. when you have nothing on cable, you, you watch Suburban Commando, and that was a great way. That was your NyQuil. To fall asleep. Sub- <laughs> yes. Not, Suburban Commando is your NyQuil when you have trouble sleeping. You know, yeah. sniffling, sneezing, squeeze, whatever that the, the, the is for NyQuil, that is Suburban Commando. So, TW, let's put this uh, whole at the movies with the Suburban Commando in a bow. 
Hulk Hogan's let me try to let me try to question it here. Besides, <laughs> we know the number one reason he did this movie was money. He got paid handsomely or whatever. Maybe he got I ten million. So he could get his foot in the door, you know, like he's trying to make it. Obviously, money, but but now we know in twenty. Well, I guess we could go conspiracy theory like Billy Ray Valentine. We know about how Hollywood is. You know, they choose their people. You know. If Hogan refuses to drink the blood of eight-year-old children so he can, you know, become the best actor in the world, you pick your poison, T.W. Would, would you go into that into door A or you pick door B with Suburban Commando and just try your luck for success? Or you, you take the blood of children for door A? Are you saying New Line Cinema is not the Hollywood elite and that they have the to be Hollywood. did choose the eight-year-old's blood to do Disney oh. movies? Yeah, of course. He, he does look younger now than he ever has. So, um, uh, yeah. Well, again, Reflection Night allegedly. Let me just say that. So this way we don't get, you know, the Hollywood leads don't come after us. But go ahead, T.W. Yeah, I live in New Jersey. Bombay. <laughs> shut, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bombay. No, it's, it's in Michigan. <laughs> I think that's Dearborn. I, uh, I think... Uh, he did it for money. I mean, you're not doing it for free. Um, mm-hmm. But I think he did it for one. He probably signed a multiple picture deal with New Line when he did No Holds Barred, and they probably thought we're good. And then when Schwarzenegger backed out, they're like, "Hey, Hulk, we need you. We need you. To, we need you to fulfill that second movie on our uh, deal from four years ago." Uh, okay. Yeah. You, usually, you're right. I actually, actually think mm-hmm. this movie weird because I'm a Schwarzenegger guy. I think this movie's better because it's Hogan and Lloyd than it would have been and Schwarzenegger and DeVito because, like you said earlier, DeVito wouldn't have been believable as Lloyd's part, and Schwarzenegger, it would have absolutely felt like he was parodying himself, whereas Hogan, yes, it could look like he's parodying a Schwarzenegger movie, but at the same time, it could be just a different demographic, AEW fans, He's catering to kids, where Schwarzenegger's catering to teenagers and early 20s guys. Mm-hmm. I think if, if Schwarzenegger's in this movie, his fan base is thoroughly disappointed, whereas Hogan's, the bar wasn't very high to begin with, so it's not going to hurt him, yeah. but it ain't helping him either. That's a, good, that's a good assessment, because look, Schwarzenegger, Terminator, Conan the Barbarian, Predator, Running Man. Those are great action movies. And then he did the cop Total movie, Recall. Raw Deal. Total and Total Recall. I don't know if that came out first or second, but either neither here nor there. But you go to Sur- if he did if he did Suburban Commando, you're right. That would have hurt Schwarzenegger. That would have been one of those things like like you remember when Eddie Murphy was hot and then he did those bad movies and then needed another movie, to, another hit movie, yeah. Vampire in Brooklyn. Yeah. Right. So. That would have been the flop, and then someone would have said, "Arnold, you need a you need a movie to rebound." You with. need to so, run for governor. Yeah, that too. So you know, we come to the close of PWR goes to the movies with Suburban Commando, and of course Hulk Hogan gave us a lot of gives us a lot of material to do this. TW, I won't always. I'm, I'm not doing Santa with muscles. I'm not doing Mister Nanny. I'm not there was doing a movie Santa with muscles. That's a real movie. Yes, that's that's Hulk Hogan. I don't, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna spoil. Well, Christmas is coming, so maybe I might. Yeah, have to do yeah. We, we almost might, have to do it now. We almost have to I've do Santa with muscle. It, and B, it's Christmas time. <laughs> and and of course, he did three ninjas. And of course, we already did Thunder in Paradise. 
he did a lot of uh, TNT uh, army movies. Not eighteen. Baywatch. But he, did, he didn't do Bay. He didn't. Well, he did a Baywatch episode, not Baywatch. That's what I meant. He did no, a Baywatch. He did an well, eighteen. We, we, he did two eighteen episodes, right? Yes. And, yeah. and we we've done the good stuff. Now we have to get to the bad parts. So the the suburban commando muscles. I have to see it now. So either you you commit to doing it in December and I'll watch it then, or I'm gonna watch it soon because it it's gotta be. It can't be as bad as I think it's gonna be. It's bad. <laughs> I like Jingle All the Way though. I like that. Same but that I, I I wish Hogan did Jingle All the Way. Maybe I would, <laughs> it would have been more passable. But I guess Reflection Nights. The cat's out of the bag. December, we're going back to the movies. Santa with muscles. <laughs> but let's close it out, TW. Give out those socials so we can get out of here. All righty. Uh, we are obviously now part of the Pro Wrestling Coalition Network, and that's the PWC Network at Podbean.com. We are also part of the Big Vito brand, BigVitoBrand.Wixsite.com or Patreon.com backslash the Big Vito brand. Our handle on Twitter is at PWReflection. Um, we can't do this without Big Ray, who's at Big Ray Hernandez. And then my socials are Tommy Wonder 19 or the Tommy Wonder on Twitter. Also Tommy Wonder 19 on Instagram, Snapchat's number wonder, Facebook.com backslash Tommy Wonder. And then Dumb Dumb Duel and an Idiot is our YouTube page. And check this out. Mm-hmm. Two weeks from less than two weeks from when this will air on the podcast universe, uh, the Dumb Dumb Duel and Idiot are doing a fundraiser and St. Clair Shores, Michigan at Ireland's Pub on the 18th of November, 2021. And four-time Stanley Cup champion Kirk Maltby from the Grind Line is going to join us on our video. He's going, we're doing a hockey stick with four shot glasses, and we're, we're doing a shot of the Pink Whitney as a foursome um, mm-hmm. because he's there for the fundraiser to be the bartender, celebrity bartender. He's done it a few times, and People that know us know him, set it up. So we're Kurt Maltby's going to be on our show. And I don't even nice. know if you know who Kurt Maltby is. He got swept by the New Jersey Devils in 96 in the Stanley Cup final. You should know him from that. But then went on to win four Stanley Cups. Really, really cool dude. Humble guy. Um, he's actually, I don't know if he's a soccer dad now or, or hockey dad now, but that's how one of our friends knows him is he coaches her son. Uh, so I think it is hockey, but I've seen him when I work in Gross Point's real affluent neighborhood. Uh, I've seen him walking his kids to and from school. You know, I've never met him. Uh, I was supposed to do a service call for him for our band, but I got my board changed and my buddy did it instead. But uh, so I'm looking forward to he stole He stole the job from you. That's what it was. It's to celebrate our 200 followers on YouTube, which we have more than that. And I would like to think that some of that is from this show. I mean, mentioning it and then you mentioning it on there. So if there are any Reflectionites who are also dumb, dumb, doing idiot uh, subscribers, hey. let us know. I know you and me, and, you know, I know that. I mean, like, you know, I I would assume Donna Destruction's one of them, but, you know, if the Gooch is or if the other, you know, members of the the Naughty Nine or the uh, Naughty, hopefully we should be at the, we should be at Naughty 19. We can't waste Naughty at 9. We got a Naughty 19 at Nifty 9. Of course, Philip Scott Wood, TN Couponer, probably they're dumb, dumb duel guys, too. They're they're following They want to see you and eat crap. Idiot. Don't forget, I'm the idiot. I know you're the idiot, but they want to see you eat crap. So that's what it is. So we, you know, I, that's the intrigue of dum dum doing idiot to see you eat crap, and the girl throws up more than y'all two. So 
that that's what intrigues me. But anyway, you can follow me on my Twitter at PWSOPROF. That's PWSOPROF. And of course, this will be on the PWSO Networks on YouTube. And of course, follow my guys on their Twitters, 8Track Brown, the king of the reactions at 8Track Dustin. And of course, the man with the documents, the man that already knows who won these, who won the elections. He already had it three days in advance. Mr. Billy Ray Valentine himself at OB1, you know me. Next week, we might go episodic. We might do a robberies. We might do a spotlight. We're not doing a movies, but we might do something of that nature. But for, I'll keep you on your toes, reflection ass. I'll keep you on your toes. And for that, I'm the professor. That's Mr. Wonderful, Mr. Idiot of the Dum Dum Duos, the Iron Stomach One, TW, saying good night and see you later, brother. Give us a send off, TW. Oh, come on, man. TW, All right. <laughs> I I just got a text. I don't know if that's from the from like it's mom. I, I, was about to, I was about to blame COVID on that for you, but anyway, you, you fucked it up with the text. See, you always look on your phone. No, it caught it me off guard. So, uh, but no, I was waiting to just go, brother, as we went. <laughs> you 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 signed off differently. I was waiting for that so I could just go, brother. See you later, Keep reflection nights. I know we we suck at this. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>